You're listening to the DolphinsTalk.com Podcast Network. Dolphin fans and hello to the people and welcome to another episode of the same old Dolphin show proudly part of the DolphinsTalk.com podcast network. It is I Aaron the brain and I'm flying solo tonight. Uh, Josh was uh, feeling under the weather uh, and not just because of how dreadful uh, it is these days to be a Miami Dolphins fan, but he is, uh, he came down with, with quite the cold. And, uh, I, I talked to him just before, uh, getting on here live. And believe me, you don't want to hear him the way his voice sounds. And plus, look, at the end of the day, like, like Josh was going to try really hard to try to put some positive spin on this thing. And at this point, there's just nothing positive to say. I, I, I mean, I, I could, I could really dig deep and I could come up with a few things. I could say, Hey, the offensive line played a little bit better. Uh, Jacoby Brissett actually looked like a competent quarterback at times in this game on Sunday. But I mean, come on. You got absolutely boat raced by the defending champs. And this was supposed to be the season, this season was supposed to be the one where the Dolphins took the jump from being, you know, not not a mediocre team anymore. They were going to be we get we're getting close. Maybe we're not Super Bowl close, but we're we're a playoff team. We're we're going to be contenders soon. We're we're on the cusp and if this season, this early part of the season has shown us anything, it is that this team is nowhere near the, the NFL's elite. And in fact, they're, they're really, at this point, we might not even be mediocre. I, 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 like th- this team is bad. It, it is really bad. I mean, and, and it seems to be getting worse every week. Because look, it's one thing you got, look, you got beat 35, nothing to Buffalo. You didn't game plan for Jacoby Brissett to be in there and, and everything kind of went haywire. Fine. That happens from time to time. Then you went into, to Vegas. You went into the Death Star and you got basically outclassed by them, but you found a way to make it interesting. Then you came home against a team that you should have beaten and you kind of looked bad in that game, but you only lost by 10. But now you just, I mean, you, there's no redeeming quality to this team. And, and we're going to get into, uh, you know, what the, what the fallout of this should be or is going to be or should be because it doesn't seem like there's really anything that's happening as far as fallout. Nobody's getting fired. Nobody's losing their jobs. And that is quite frankly a little bit disappointing at this point, but not really surprising, but. You know, the defense, I've been saying it for weeks, that this defense is not playing very well. And not just is it not playing well, it's playing poorly. 
And they've been given a pass for a few weeks now because the offense has been so bad and it's had this built-in excuse. Oh, the offense is so bad. There's only so many times that the defense can, can come up and make a play before they start getting, you know, before it starts cracking and, and they just start caving. And I made the point that, that last week, uh, and the week before, it seemed like this defense was cracking even after the Dolphins offense would put a drive together. Well, the defense did absolutely nothing in this game. They had one stop in this game, as far as I'm concerned. That was, you know, the, the, the Bucks first possession of the second half. The, the Dolphins defense actually came up with a stop. And I thought, Oh, okay. Especially after, uh, you know, the Dolphins then followed that up with their most impressive offensive drive of the game and Jacoby Brissett driving this team down, uh, for like an 80 yard drive for a touchdown. And I was ready to say, just when I thought I was out, they pulled me back in. And sure enough, then it all went to crap and the, the defense couldn't do anything and didn't stop the Bucks the rest of the game. The Bucks only time they were stopped the rest of the game was when they stopped themselves by taking a knee inside the 10 or inside the five uh, on the doorstep with two minutes left. Otherwise, they easily would have put up 50 on this Dolphins defense. Uh, so it, it's just... You know, I'm not, I'm tired of this defense getting a pass. I'm tired of Brian Flores getting a pass. And for the first time in his tenure, you know, there's been some whispers the last couple of weeks, but it, not, not to the extent that it is right now. It feels like Brian Flores is legitimately on the hot seat now. Now, do I think that, uh, you know, he's going to get fired midseason. No, I don't think he's getting fired midseason. I don't know that anybody is getting fired midseason, but because uh, it's just not Stephen Ross's, you know, MO. But if things continue down this path, not only are the Dolphins going to finish with a losing record, but they might be embarrassingly bad. And if the Dolphins are embarrassingly bad, then they're going to have to make a move. And it's not just Chris Greer, who absolutely should be fired. Uh, but we've, we've talked about, uh, you know, this Dolphins franchise, their organization and how they, they really have been reluctant to clean house and they've been doing the mixing and matching of GMs and coaches. And so, you know, if you fire the GM, then, you know, you, it, it, this would be your opportunity to just, fire the coach at the same time and just clean house and just start from scratch. And you're actually at a really good time to, to rebuild uh, and put in a new regime that actually knows what they're doing because it's still actually an attractive job. There's a lot of draft capital. There's a lot of cap room and there is some good young talent, even though I, maybe not as good as we all thought it was, uh, you know, coming into the season. But that said, uh, it was a really, really awful day, uh, to be a Dolphin fan. It just seems to be getting worse and worse this year. And, uh, you know, at this point, it's a wake up call because there's only so many times that you can see them get beaten and say, Hey, it's a fluke. It'll get better next week. At, at this point, it's like we're playing the Jaguars next week. We're going to London. And everybody would have said coming into the season, and everybody did say coming into the season, even two weeks ago, last week, everybody said, look, that's a win. We're, we're gonna, we're gonna mop the floor with the Jaguars. Look, at this point, 
This team cannot assume victory against anybody. I mean, any given Sunday, regardless of who you are, but especially this team that has just been just absolutely demolished the last four weeks and, and, and only has one close game to show for it. And in that game against the Raiders, it really wasn't as close as the score indicated. I mean, the Raiders completely dominated that football game and the Dolphins were lucky to even have a chance to tie, let alone, let alone have a chance to win. So it, it's just. You can't assume victory. For all, for all we know, this team could be, could be one in five, uh, after next week. And then people are really going to be, you know, jumping off the, uh, off the ledge. And like at this point, you just have to, you just have to accept something. And, and frankly, I'm as guilty as all of us. Look, I, I tend to be a little bit more cynical and I tend to try, I, I try to be realistic when it comes to this team, but just like everybody else, I was excited coming into this season. I thought things were moving in the right direction. And even though we'd seen this team put together winning seasons every now and then with a new regime, whether it was Sperano or Adam Gase and then Brian Flores, it just felt different this time. It felt like they were doing it in a different way. It felt like they were winning in the margins and things were, and they had this young team and it was, it was, Everything was pointing up and it was going to be different. And that's when they break your heart. It doesn't matter if it's in the middle of the season or if it's from season to season. Somehow, some way, this team will find a way to get your hopes up, find out when your hopes are at their highest. And that's when they're going to break the, that's when they're going to break your heart. So, um, look, obviously doing the show solo today, uh, and, and not really knowing that I was going to do it solo until early this morning. Uh, I need your guys help. I'm calling on the people tonight to make my job easier. So I put out, uh, the call on Twitter and I got some questions for you guys and are from you guys. And if you've got more, uh, questions here in the, in the comment section, drop those questions in there and we'll see how many I can get to today. Uh, but before we get into those questions, I'd like to remind you that this show is being sponsored by our good friends at BetUS. Sports betting season is in full force. So go on to BetUS.com. They've been pioneers in the sports book industry for almost three decades, thriving and paying their loyal customer base. That is BETUS.com. They have a bunch of bonuses. You can join now or you can call 800-69-NICE. B-E-T-U-S, that is 800-MY-BET-U-S. You'll receive 125% sign-up bonus by using the bonus code, promo code 125. Uh, they have re-up and referral bonuses also. BetUS is known as America's favorite sportsbook for a lot of reasons. So follow my lead, get your phone online and social sports betting partner with integrity and longevity, just like I did. Bet US, you bet, you win, you get paid. That's bet US. So we've got a couple of questions here that I want to get. Hey, we'll get to the Manscaped ad later. I didn't forget about, uh, I didn't, I wouldn't, didn't forget about our friends at Manscaped. I'll be doing a live read later. So there's their, your little radio tease. 
Uh, so, uh, I want to get to a couple of these questions, uh, and, and, and answer them for you guys. I'm going to start out with one, uh, that I kind of touched on. And this comes from our good friend, Patrick Mullen, the Na- at the Navarone gun on Twitter. Do you fire Greer now and hire someone to do an evaluation of the staff and conduct a search for a new GM ASAP? Or do you wait until the dumpster fire gets even larger? Or do you wait until the end of the season? So, look, if it was, the key thing is you're asking, what would I do? Uh, not what I think is going to happen. What I would do, I, I'd have fired Chris Greer weeks ago. I mean, I would have fired Chris Greer a year ago. But right now, I'd fire Chris Greer and I would start to do an extensive extensive GM search. Uh, I would leave no stone unturned and I would look at the end of the day, this is the most important person that you're going to hire for your football organization. You're at a crucial point in this franchise where you've got all of these young players, you've got all this draft capital, you've got all this cap space and you're not actually, you know, starting from scratch. So you're, you're really in an attractive position. You should be able to get some great candidates. This is where I would really scour the football world and really do a long search. And I wouldn't wait till the off season to do it. I would, you know, I would take as much time as you can to really get that list of candidates and start weeding through it so that, and, and if you do find somebody before the season ends, then I let them make the decision on Brian Flores. Now I got into, you know, back and forth with a couple of my buddies and I've seen a lot of people on, you know, on social media say, well, look, just, just fire, fire Flores. If you're going to fire Greer, fire Flores. And I don't disagree with it. I, I, I don't have a problem with it. If that's the way that they want to go, then I'm all for it. Because at the end of the day, what you want is whoever you bring in at GM, they need to have their guy at head coach. Uh, but what I would do is I would get that GM and I would let the GM make the decision on Brian Flores. And I would say, look, maybe, maybe this GM sees something that he likes in Brian Flores. And so he'd like to keep Brian Flores around. And this is what I'll say to that is okay. But if you keep Brian Flores, you're putting yourself on a short leash because if the team sucks next year and there are coaching issues, then that speaks directly to uh, that GM whose first decision was to keep Brian Flores or not keep Brian Flores. So, you know, I personally would, would let the GM make the decision because I don't want to hamstring him. I don't want to, I don't want to say like, here, you can't have this head coach. I want to say, look, the, the stage is yours. You've got all of your options. Do what you want with it. Uh, but so we'll see what they do. Do I think it's going to happen mid-season? This team would have to really fall flat on their face, I think, for Steven Ross to make a move mid-season. I mean, maybe, maybe that's what it will be. If they, if they lose to Jacksonville, uh, in London, and maybe that's the realization that Steven Ross needs to see, uh, and needs to come to, to ultimately make a drastic move. But I, I think somebody should be losing their job at this point, because this is an absolute travesty, what they're putting out there every single Sunday. And, the, and again, it, it's not getting better. And that's really the, the most disappointing thing. 
Uh, and then uh, to to this question, how are you going to uh, do a GM search if you don't can? No, I, I I agree. You have to can Greer. That that's the whole point of it. You fire Greer now so you can start the search. Then again, it never stopped Stephen Ross before. Remember, this is the same guy that was that almost hired Jim Harbaugh before we even fired Tony Sperano. So it wouldn't be the first time he's done something like that. Uh, so we'll give uh, another. We'll answer another question. Uh, this one was interesting to me. Outside of Jalen Waddle, is there one wide receiver currently on the roster that you bring back for the 2022 season? I.e. Fuller, Parker, Preston Williams, Albert Wilson, Lynn Bowden Jr., Isaiah Ford somehow made this list, Mac Hollins. And that came from Mike at Dolphins Talk on Twitter. And look, <laughs> we for all the talk about uh, us reshaping the wide receiver room, it really hasn't come to fruition. Now, look, part of it, the last three weeks you're playing with Jacoby Brissett. So I, I think you need to be a little bit more patient with evaluating what you have at wide receiver uh, when you actually have Tua in the backfield. I think that's important. But what I'll say, what I'll also say is, look, you're not going to just completely strip the cupboard bare. Um, Devontae Parker uh, actually has a pretty good contract. Uh, I, I see no reason why you wouldn't bring Devontae Parker back at like $8 million a year, as long as he keeps doing what he's doing. Does he get hurt from time to time? Yes. But, you know, honestly, this was a narrative throughout the first, you know, few years of his career. And, you know, last year, Devontae Parker really gutted out the season and played almost the entire season playing through injuries. So I think he earns a little bit of a benefit of the doubt. Did he miss this game with a, with the sore hamstring? Yeah, sure. But like, you know, he, he, he's not on IR for, with a broken finger like Will Fuller. Will Fuller's on a one-year contract. He's got a ton to prove, and so far all he's proven is that he can't get on the field. So I don't think we're bringing Will Fuller back if you had to, if you ask me right now. Um, outside of Devontae Parker, uh, I think Preston Williams, he's got the rest of the year to kind of prove himself, but he's, he's going to be a restricted free agent, and I feel like somebody's going to throw some money at him. Um, so I don't know that I would necessarily want to, want to pay to bring Preston Williams back. Lynn Bowden is on like a $1 million deal. Uh, you know, you still have him under control, under contract. So I don't see any reason why you wouldn't bring him back. And Mac Hollins is going to be cheap and he's good on special teams. So I don't see why you wouldn't bring him back. So I think you're probably looking at Waddle, Parker, Lynn Bowden Jr. and Mac Hollins. And then obviously, if that's your wide receiver core, you're obviously are probably going to need to sign a guy and draft a guy to round that out. Um, but I don't think they're getting rid of everybody. I don't think wide receiver is anywhere near uh, the top of the list as far as problems for this organization right now. I think the the bigger problems are on the offensive line. Obviously, you got question marks at quarterback. Obviously, running back. Although I I'm a big fan of Miles Gaskin, I think obviously we need to get somebody that's more of a bell cow to to kind of complement him. But look, Miles Gaskin is just. People underrate him all the time. That's all they do is they underrate him and all the guy does is produce. Is he, is he a pro bowl guy? No, he's not a pro bowl guy. Should he be like, you know, the feature back on a great running offense? No, but there, there's a spot on this roster for Miles Gaskin. And he's a good football player. I think you just need to compliment him, but the defense, what the hell is going on with this defense? 
I'll tell you one thing, and I, and I got this question asked, and I think somebody asked it here in the comment section on YouTube, and I apologize to you on, on YouTube who are commenting. It's a little hard uh, when you're running the show solo to pay attention to this, those comments. It's a lot easier to pay attention to those comments when Josh is going on a 10-minute rant about uh, things to be positive about. Uh, it's a little bit more difficult when I'm going on my rants. Um, but I got this question from Dolphan on Twitter, at Let's Go Fins. Do you trade X and Byron to try and get some draft capital for another rebuild? And this is exactly where my mind went uh, after this game. And another reason why I think you need to fire Chris Greer is because you've got a few weeks. You got a few weeks until the trade deadline. And yeah, sure, Chris Greer can make a, a silly move like, uh, I'm trading Jakeem Grant for a sixth round pick. And he could say, see, I'm not, I'm not mortgaging the future. But at this point, if you're a dolphin, if you're in that dolphins front office, you know, when you get to the trade deadline, the, the question you have to ask yourself is, are we buyers or are we sellers? And this team, they should not be buyers. At the end of the day, they should be sellers. This team should be building for the future. And Look, they did they restructure X's contract? Yeah, they restructured X's contract. Uh, but really all they did was just kind of kick the can to next year. And so they've got a decision to make ultimately with X, who has not been good this year. I mean, he, he's had his stretches, but by and large, uh, the guy has not been good. He's given up a passer rating of something like 117, uh, something like that over the first uh, five games of the season. He, he's given up, I think, four touchdowns. Antonio Brown completely just scorched him. Just, it was, it was not even, it, it, it wasn't even a good matchup. It was just, uh, just a completely one-sided matchup. AB completely had his way with X. And so it, it, it begs the question. And I mentioned this, you know, it looks like at times, X kind of quits. And you saw it at the end of AB's touch, long touchdown. Granted, he probably, he's not going to catch him on that play, but you still don't want to see your high priced player who held out to get a big contract. You don't want to see them quitting at any point in the game. And we've seen this from X. And, you know, I'm, I'm almost convinced we're going to find out there somehow, like, because X was sort of on the injury report in the middle of the week, that somehow X is like, oh, he, he's not healthy. We're going to put him on IR or something like that, which I think conveniently happened, uh, you know, the, oh, when we started 0 and 7, uh, that in the, in the tank year. I think this is something that X has in his system and it begs the question of whether or not you really can have him as your highest played paid player because you you need your high paid your high paid veterans to ultimately be the leaders of your team and the leaders on your team can't be quitting and i think that's one of the things that are missing in this dolphins defense right now is that veteran leadership the guys that they jettisoned the guy the bobby mccain's the kyle van Noys, the shack lawson's you could say what you want about their contracts and about the money they saved by making those moves but it's not a coincidence that even with all the talent that is on this defense, because there is talent on this defense, that even with all of it, they got rid of some veterans and all of a sudden it looks like nobody's where they're supposed to be and there's just a clear drop-off 
in the play from this uh, from this Miami Dolphins defense. Uh, so I, I don't know if necessarily the route that you go is trading X, but you got to trade either X or Byron Jones because at the end of the day, you can't be spending twenty five to thirty million dollars on your corners and be giving up 450 yards passing. I don't care who you're playing. I don't care if you're playing peak Tom Brady with Randy Moss and uh and Wes Welker. I don't care if you're playing, you know, a Pro Bowl team, uh a team of Hall of Fame wide receivers. If you're paying your starting cornerbacks 25 to 30 million dollars, you cannot be giving up 450 yards passing. It, it it's just you, you need to spend that money somewhere else. I don't know where else you, you figure it out, but it can be better used somewhere else than, than just wasting it on two corners that really are not getting the job done. Um, you know, if they were making like $8 million a year each, okay, that'd be one thing, but you got like two of the top 10 highest paid corners in the league and they're, they're just absolutely getting roasted. So it's just not working for me. Uh, Brian, Brian Flores is on the hot seat. Josh Boyer is on the hot seat, but I don't think if you're Josh, if you're Brian Flores, I, I, at this point, you fired too many coordinators on the offensive side of the ball to, to get, if you, if you fire Josh Boyer, who's basically your boy, who you brought from New England, uh, I think at that point you're, you're just in like job preservation mode and it's like you're firing somebody just to save your job. So I don't think that's the move that, that he can make at like Brian Flores is going to live and die with Josh Boyer and what he does with this defense and they better turn it around or this whole the, everybody we're cleaning house. We're absolutely going to clean house. So I want to get to uh, one more question. This one made me laugh. It makes me laugh and it makes me cry. Charles Harris has more sacks than most of our players. I think he's got more sacks than all of our players. How is that possible? And, you know, how is anything that the Dolphins have done over the last 30 years possible? How is it possible to go over 20 years without a playoff win. How is it possible to have, uh, you know, one of the best organizations in NFL history, a Hall of Fame quarterback still in the prime of his career when you move into Joe Robbie, what do you call it? Joe Robbie, Dolphin Stadium, Landshark, Hard Rock Stadium, whatever you want to call it, pro player park. Uh, how is it possible that in my lifetime, I haven't seen this team make it to the Super Bowl. And I've only seen them make it to the AFC title game once. How is it possible? The Charles Harris thing, how is it possible? The team is cursed, bro. They, they built the, the stadium on an Indian barrel. I, I, they, I'm bought in. They, they are cursed. They, they've got to do some rain dancing. They've got to, to bring in Ken from the Wamapoke tribe and in Pawnee, Indiana. They got to fly him down and do some, some, uh, some bless, some fake ass blessing on this field. They, they, they haven't won anything since they moved out of the, out of the Orange Bowl and moved into the, the, in, the stadium built on the Indian burial ground. Uh, and until that changes, until they, they make it right with the Native Americans here on, uh, indigenous, National Indigenous Peoples Day. It's time to make it right with the Native Americans and lift the curse and at the same time bring back the greatness of this Miami Dolphins franchise because it has been far, far 
too long. And so we'll, we'll put a bow on this show and maybe answer a few more questions, uh, in, in just a bit. But before we do, yes, this show is still hosted by our good friends at Manscaped and it's football season, baby. And you know what that means? It means we're going for two here with the sponsors of today's show, Manscaped. Blitzing through hairs has never been easier, and it's time for you to join the two million men worldwide who trust Manscaped. And all you got to do is use the promo code DOLPHINSTALK at manscaped.com for 20% off plus free shipping. It's three and out the window with all the other trimmers. Now go tame that wildcat offense. Because look, we've all been there, guys. We've been there. Like, it's been a few months. You know, maybe you you went through the holiday season. You said, hey, I, it's a little bit cold. And I'm going to grow a little bit extra. I need some insulation down there. But then, you know, it's starting to warm up. And then you look down there and it's like, you know, it's between whether it's Ryan Fitzpatrick or it's buckwheat. It's just... It's not a good look. It's just not a good look. It's it's spiral it's spiraling out of control much in the same way that this dolphin season is spiraling out of control. So you say, "All right, I got to do something about it." But you don't have the right tools, so you just grab the same tools that you're using for your face and that's quite frankly gross. Uh but you look, you do what you got to do. So you, you know, you go to work and you get down to that sen- to those sensitive areas and it's dangerous. And, you, you know, it's only a matter of time. You know, maybe you've gotten lucky and you've avoided a couple of nicks in the past. But eventually, you're going to make a false step. And then you're going to have a problem down there. And so what you got to do is you got to avoid the problem. And how do you avoid the problem? You go to Manscaped. You use the Dolphins Talk. You use the promo code Dolphins Talk. And you get the brand new Lawnmower 4.0. And it's here to take your defense. To the next level. This fourth generation trimmer features a cutting edge ceramic blade to reduce grooming accidents thanks to their advanced skin safe technology. Take it from me. I used it myself. I've had accidents in the past, but not with Manscaped. So go to manscaped.com, get 20% off free shipping with the code Dolphins Talk. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com and use the code Dolphins talk. Stiff arm your pubes out of the playoffs, just like the Dolphins this year with Manscaped. So we got a little bit here, and I'm gonna take a look at some of these, uh, some of these comments on YouTube, see if there was anything on here. Uh, here, here's one from our good friend Angry Al. He's been on this, uh, this train for a while. Is Wilkins officially a bust? And I've kind of gone back and forth on this. Um, I don't think, I don't think he's a bust, but I don't think he is a pro bowler. I don't think he was like a hit. I think like you look at it, PFF has him rated, I think is something like the 17th best interior defensive lineman. That means he's pretty good. So the issue with our, uh, with our defense seems to be more on the linebackers than it does on the defensive line. But the thing is, is that Christian Wilkins was also brought in to rush the passer and he, he's bad at that. 
So if you, if you, it depends what your expectations were of Christian Wilkins. Obviously, as a first round pick, you've got higher, a higher level of expectation. If your expectation was that this was going to be a guy that was going to get double digit sacks every game and be a pro bowler. Yeah. Then he's a bust. But I don't think that's why I think they brought him in to do a little bit of everything to mostly be a guy that was going to occupy blockers and really be a, a keystone in that, in their three, four defense to really clear up space for the linebackers. And quite frankly, it just doesn't work if you don't have the linebackers. Uh, and so that goes on to players like Jerome Baker, who has been very disappointing since signing his contract. How same old Dolphins is that? A guy plays his best. He gets a big contract and now he sucks. Jerome Baker, same old Dolphins in the, in a nutshell. Uh, you bring, you bring, you, you got rid of Kyle Van Noy. You bring in Bernardrick McKinney. Uh, you, you decide to let Bernardrick McKinney go because you think a Landon Roberts can do the job better. And a Landon Roberts is something like 115th best linebacker against the run or something like that. Something, something outrageous. Like we can't do anything right, but I don't think that necessarily goes on Christian Wilkins. Uh, <laughs> not sure if you answered it yet, but do you think X is going to give it to you? I think X needs to give a whole lot more. He needs to give a damn instead of quitting. Uh, and then, uh, and then, uh, I'll, I'll be a lot more and then I'll do a lot more singing of X going to give it to you. X going to give it to you. Rest in peace. Uh, Miami needs to go back to the three, four defense and eh, whatever. Oh, this was a good question that I did get on on twitter um i forget who asked it let me see if i can find it oh here it was it was steve lamb at real sjl 19 this one made me chuckle do the dolphins break out the amoeba defense that's the one where you got like two down linemen and you got like nine guys standing around so it's supposed to be really confusing do you think the dolphins break out the amoeba defense like the one against herbert and the chargers last year versus lawrence and the jags and Look, I, I wouldn't be surprised, but how ridiculous is it that we've got this in our back pocket and we're going to break it out against the worst team in football? We're not going to use it against, no, not against the Bills, not against the Raiders, not, not against the Colts in a, in a must win game, not against Tom Brady. We're going to break it out against a rookie quarterback and a team that sucks. We, that, that's when we're going to break out our, you know, we're pulling out all the stops. To beat the Jacksonville Jaguars. That's where we're at as a franchise. So yeah, I, I fully expect that that's what we're gonna, we're gonna break out all the trick plays. We're gonna pull out all the stops to beat the Jacksonville Jaguars. That's where this team is at. Okay. Let's see. Any other questions? YouTube, what you got for me? What you got? What you got? Nothing. Somebody agreeing that Wilkins is overrated. Hire Gruden and get Watson. I don't know why Gruden would leave uh, an amazing contract with with the Raiders, and I and we've covered the Watson thing ad nauseum, so there's nothing to really say there. Let's see anything else. Any other questions? Is Tua gonna have much better stats than Jacoby Brissett? I don't know. I'll take Tua back though. Look, I, Tua's a lot better than Jacoby Brissett at the end of the day. Uh, th this offense is gonna run better. I think Tua might throw more interceptions 
than Jacoby Brissett because he's going to take more risks and he'll probably get sacked a little bit more than Jacoby Brissett because Jacoby Brissett's just bigger and a little bit better better at avoiding it. But two is going to throw the ball down the field a lot more. I think the offense is going to have a lot more flow. I'm actually very excited to see what Tua does. And and look, I, I kind of made mention of this earlier and this is not really a small thing, but one of the, one of the, the things that kind of gets swept under the rug in how awful the Dolphins looked on Sunday was the offensive line actually did play better yesterday. And it's not a coincidence that it played better with Liam Eikenberg at left tackle and Austin Jackson at left guard. Look, I don't think Liam Eikenberg is necessarily a franchise left tackle. But I think he is a more stabilizing force at that position than Austin Jackson. I actually think Austin Jackson looked pretty good at left guard. But this team still absolutely needs to get some tackles. But with the offensive line playing a little bit better and Tua coming back next week, I I am intrigued to see uh what what this looks like because at the end of the day like I said going into the season even before we started winning and losing games where winning a game and losing a bunch of games uh this season is really about Tua it's it's about whether or not uh we can say at the end of the year that Tua is our franchise quarterback because if you can't say for certain that he is then you need to start looking for for the for the future there uh you know, sooner rather than later. Um, here's another question from Angry Al. Uh, I know he loves the attention, so I know he, this, he's loving this. If you do it over, would you rather have Chase or Smith instead of Waddle? Well, I said going into the, the draft, uh, if you watched our, our draft preview, I think I did like a monologue on it, uh, that Chase was my guy. I, I, I was happy with any of the three, but my, my ranking was Chase, Waddle, and Smith. I still am in that rank. Uh, I, you know, I would take Chase and then I would take Waddle and then I would think, and then I would take Smith. I think, uh, what you're starting to see the warts in, in Jalen Waddle, but I think you still see the explosiveness that I don't think you see from Devontae Smith. Um, and so it, it's a matter of you got to have the, the 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 right team to use it. You have to have the right coaching. You have to have the right play calling. You have to have the right quarterback. You have to have the offensive line that can block to truly use Jalen Waddle to his full capability. But that said, Jamar Chase is a baller, and that's why Jamar Chase was unquestionably uh the number one wide receiver on his team. And Jalen Waddle wasn't even, you know, you can make the argument that he he had more production before he got hurt than Devontae Smith when both of them were out on the field. But Devontae Smith was still targeted more than Jalen Waddle when they were both on the field because at the end of the day, Devontae Smith was still looked at as the the number one receiver on that Alabama roster there last season. Uh but I, I, I like, I, I'm not mad about the Jalen Waddle pick, but if I had, and the, the question is if you had to do it all over because the Dolphins were at number three. So if they stayed at number three, they could have taken Jamar Chase. They could have taken Kyle Pitts, but instead they traded down. Uh, ultimately, I still think they, they made a good move to trade down to number 12, the trade back up to number six. A lot of people are, you know, giving the Dolphins crap because we gave up our pick and not San Francisco's pick. And now the Dolphins look terrible. And now, you know, everybody's saying, well, you really should have given up, uh, you really should have given up, uh, 
you know, San Francisco's pick there, or, you know, we should still have our first round pick because then we could potentially be sitting with a top five pick. Yeah, maybe, maybe not. But at the end of the day, my answer to this question is, uh, I, I still probably would have done things similarly. Um, if I stay at three, I definitely would have taken Chase. Uh, but at six, uh, I definitely still take Waddle over, uh, Devontae Smith. All right. Were there any other questions? It doesn't look like there are any other questions that we have to answer. So just going to leave the word, leave, leave the, leave you guys with this. At the end of the day, this season was supposed to be the season where we took a big jump, where we got close. It's clear. It's painfully clear. It's painfully obvious. The team is not close. We don't need to wait for them to put a mirage up, beat some bad teams, and make this thing look prettier just for Stephen Ross to say, hey, let's give these guys one more year. Because we've seen that before. And like I said last week, particularly when it comes to the GM, you can't have your GM on the hot seat. If your GM's on the hot seat, you just got to fire him. Because... Like you're, you're giving this guy the keys to your future, especially with the amount of cap space and draft capital that this team has. And so, and I definitely don't want, uh, Chris Greer making any decisions at the trade deadline, uh, given the fact that he's on the hot seat and he has to know that he's on the hot seat. I don't care if he, well, frankly, he could probably, he could probably think he's not on the hot seat and that would, you know, not surprise me because everything else that he's done as GM would show that he's kind of oblivious to everything. So I guess it wouldn't surprise me. But at the end of the day, you got to get rid of Chris Greer. If you clean house, I'm fine with it. I don't think we're going to see it until the end of the season. But you got to get Chris Greer out. You got to start this search for the GM. And uh look, we're, we're back in uh, draft mode. It's, it's, it's evaluation time. It's time to evaluate Tua, evaluate your offensive line. It's time to get Noah Igbenogany in there, uh, whether he's good or not, because he, the dude's got to play. You got to play. He's, you got to see if he can get better. There's, there's nothing. It's doing nothing having him on the bench. Like, let's see what you got there. Um, and, and let, let's, let's evaluate what we got, identify the pieces that are going to be here long term. And if they're not going to be here long term, Look, let's make some trades. Let's get some draft capital because at the end of the day, we're still not in bad position to really turn this thing around, uh, and, you know, be a consistent winner in the future. It's just, you got to get the right guy in here to evaluate the talent, use the picks properly, make the right signings. Chris Greer clearly is not that guy. So you got to, you got to part ways with him. Um, and other, other than that, hey, look, uh, Heat season is right around the corner. So like as depressing as it is to be a Miami Dolphins fan right now, there's, there's other quality sports teams. The Panthers season is right around the corner. They're supposed to be good. I'm not telling you not to watch the Dolphins. I'm just saying, you know, don't, don't get so overly dramatic right now. Lower your expectations of the Dolphins. You'll find it much more enjoyable and, uh, you know, Save your expectations for the real franchises down here, which are the, the team that plays in the, in, in, you know, the team that plays in Miami proper and the team that plays in Sunrise. Cause that team in Miami Gardens playing on the Indian burial ground. Whew, they're just no good, man. So 
Uh, we will be back on Thursday. Uh, by the way, uh, I should have gotten the plugs in earlier. Um, you can follow me on Twitter at Aaron the Brain. Obviously, follow the show at Same Old Dolphins. Follow uh, Josh at Amplified to Rock. Hopefully, Josh is. Uh, getting some rest, getting some fluids, drinking some soup, drinking some tea, and he'll be ready to go on Thursday. And he won't pull like a, you know, a Will Fuller and have to be put on IR because I don't know if I could do three of these shows on my own. It's, it's not, it's not easy. I give, uh, I give Mike a lot of credit when he does this, uh, these shows on his own. And, uh, you know, any, you know, really anybody that does any kind of lengthy podcast on their own. I give you kudos. It is not easy work. Um, so hopefully Josh will be back on Thursday as we preview the Dolphins trip across the pond. I think they're playing in Wembley, right? Uh, I think they're playing, whatever. They're playing in London. Uh, they're going to play uh, the Jaguars. They'll break out the Amoeba defense. Michael Pilardi will throw a touchdown pass. And we can all say, Go Dolphins! Miami's got Dolphins, the greatest of all teams. We take the ball from Gold Dolphins.